What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be discussing the Jen Wilkin take on public schooling your children. And is this take as nightmarishly bad as advertised, or is she being misunderstood? Uh, we have a about 14-minute monologue by Jen Wilkin in her opening statement of the Gospel Coalition's Faith Debate uh, series of podcasts. And this is the first time we've ever covered uh, the Faith Debate series on Evangelical Dark Web. The reason being is that the format of these debates is horrendous. It's very hard to uh, cover in a long-form content. So, but today we're going to dive into that. We might do it again tomorrow. We'll see. But for now, uh, we're going to talk about Jen Wilkin in public education. But first, don't forget to like the video. Also, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. And we appreciate your support. We also have a Patreon-like system that you can support us there as well for even more bonus content. So, uh, this is the... Uh, debate series it was it has a lot of views for a gospel coalition video it premiered la uh over a week ago so here we go this is the beginning of the jen wilkin monologue filled with public educators uh, my mother taught in the public school system at all levels all of her career my father served on the school board in our hometown um, my siblings and I were all public school educated. I have a brother who is an assistant principal at a public high school. I have a brother who was in the inaugural class of Teach for America. He taught a year in Bedford-Stuy in New York City and a year in rural Arkansas and ended up with a teaching career in rural Arkansas. Um, yeah, my sister-in-law teaches at the middle school in my district right now. My mother-in-law is a retired teacher. My daughter is a chemistry teacher who's taught in the public schools. And I have a nephew who's going to be a history teacher. So there, we're, we're all in on the public schools uh, in our family. And you can imagine that as someone who was in full-time outward-facing ministry, that was met with a lot of raised eyebrows through the years. Um, especially when you have a, a larger than average number of kids, people immediately assume that if you were a person of strong religious convictions with a large family, you are either homeschooling or doing private school. Uh, and we didn't. And we did choose public school out of conviction, but I always like to make clear up front that we did not have any special considerations in that. Our kids um, did not have learning disabilities. There were no special concerns that might have played into that decision for us, and I'm very sensitive to that. Not only that, we always lived near excellent schools. So I would never say everyone should choose public school, uh, but I would say that we should try really hard to, if at all possible, um, because we believe in the public school ideal uh, we believe that education is a right. It's necessary for human flourishing. It's good for society. Uh, it's a mark of civilization that you have an educated uh, citizenry. And so if that is something that you can see, then you would value that you would have quality education for everyone, if at all possible. And we believed that our participation in the public school system was directly related to loving our neighbors. And so if we could opt in at all, then we absolutely wanted to. Uh, so we did. We opted in. And um, I would say that um, one of the big things that helped us to be able to say yes to the public schools was 
that we believed that worldview came from your home, your worldview and your values came from your home. And I think that that's what everyone believes in the education debate, but I don't know that the public school parent always gets credit for that perspective. Uh, we did not think that it was a simple matter of just sending them off to get educated and then everything would sort of fall into place. The church would pick up the, the slack on whatever they needed to get for their Christian worldview. Jeff and I are... All right, she is uh, going from subject to subject. So what we have here is uh, Jen Wilkin describing her intimate involvement in public education. And that involvement is actually pretty good. It is good to be involved with school board. It is not a terrible career path to go into public school teaching, and it's definitely not getting any better. But there are ways that you can love your neighbor by doing these things. I was involved... Uh, in helping out school board races uh, where I live. And, you know, that that is part of loving your neighbor. The disconnect here is that sending your own kids to public school is loving your neighbor. That's the disconnect that doesn't really show through. And then the idea that, you know, you get your worldview from your home, but not from public school, well, that's not, like... The idea, and she says that everyone believes that, and that's frankly not true. There are plenty of teachers out there that want to indoctrinate children. It is their mission to make children look like them or think like them. And that that's the reality that we live in. And she has a boomer-type mentality, and by boomer I mean her operating system's out of date, and that's putting it kindly, that doesn't recognize what many teachers are these days. Um, nerdy people who like to learn. And so our children's love of learning in all likelihood, or in fact, I hope, came from the ethos that was in our home. And we knew that that would be a factor in the way that they inhabited a public school space, that if they were in a classroom where that love of learning was not being particularly um, amplified, that we could pick up the slack at home. We definitely had lots of conversations about everything that they were learning and uh, the social elements as well. Uh, but because the education, the quality of education piece was not a question for us, we knew they would get an excellent learning experience and we welcomed the social aspect of it. The public schools were uh, an easy yes for us in the space that we were in. So the kids went all the way through public school. Um, some of the issues that are now more emerged in those spaces were already emerging at that time. And so some of the things that we felt were beneficial was that we knew we had to have conversations early. Uh, we did not delay on talking about difficult uh, or controversial subjects. And we knew what was going on with the curriculum as well. We had firsthand knowledge of what was going on in those spaces, and we worked hard to make sure that we were up to speed on that. It helped that we had a family member who's in the district who could help us sort through what was fact and what was fiction when everything was blowing up in, in like a Facebook discussion group in the community to sort of sort out what was really going on. Um, but one of the big benefits that came from having children in the public school system from our perspective was they had an exposure to such a broad array of kinds of people so that when we had conversations about something that was going on in the culture um, or even the, the hot button issues right now like, like sexual orientation, gender identity, all of that, um, those were not just categories that we talked about. Those were people. Those were friends. That was an embodied truth. That was someone who sat next to them in class or it was a teacher. Uh, and so we were able to humanize those conversations and, um, and that was really a gift. Not only that, they were around children from different socioeconomic levels. They were around children um, from different uh, racial 
communities. They were around um, special needs children. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about the public schools is that children with special needs are actually in, in with the other children. They have a buddy system to help these kids and they're, they're visible in the lives of these kids every buddy day. Um, so Since when? they also had exposure to kids whose home situations were very different than theirs. So she's trying to use diversity of students in public education as an argument in favor of sending her kids to public school. This is similar to the socialization argument. However, there is a major issue with this idea. Uh, first of all, uh, homosexuality and transgenderism, these are social contagions. You don't want to send your children off to risk getting a social contagion. You don't want to do that. Uh, and a lot of the other stuff you can still get within the church. You don't need uh, to go to public schools to see people of different uh, socioeconomic statuses or special needs students. You know, we shouldn't be training our kids, you know, to view this as a zoo. She calls it humanizing the issue, but it I don't see it as doing that. You, they should already know, you know, you can teach them these issues without exposing them to the worst elements of these issues. Not that, you know, again, I, I'm mostly focusing on the example of uh, homosexuality and transgenderism. Uh, and, you know, in some areas, certain things like gang-related activity are also some things you would want to keep your children away from. Drug use. And one of the things about a public school... I mean, the amount of kids that smoke marijuana these days. Astronomical school experience is no one is really pretending. It's all right out there. And so our kids knew very early what it meant to be aliens and strangers. And that was something that we were able to say to them was something, a feeling to welcome, not a feeling to push away, that the more different you feel from the people around you, um, assuming that those differences are rooted in a, in a Christian conviction, then the more you can know that you are probably being conformed to the image of Christ. Um, and that means being a soft presence, not being a necessarily even a loud presence. I do think one of the misconceptions about Christian parents who send children to public school is that we've sent them there to be missionaries, to be salt and light. And I crack up about that because the kids were actually involved in a Bible study at the school there in high school that was called Salt and Light. And I was like, shoot. <laughs> but, uh, but the reality was we sent them there for an education. And uh, we knew that we would have a role as their parents probably in being salt and light. And we assumed that if they grew into their faith and, and did in fact you know, become believers and then uh, mature into that, that there would be that influence. But we were not trying to send a second grader into a secular space to share the good news. Uh, we, we, we wanted to train our kids into that so that anywhere they went, that became something that was intuitive. But we, didn't, we were not on mission in that sense uh, in the local school. Yep. This is a good uh, commendable point that she makes is that she's advocating for using public schools, but she's not pretending like a second grader is going to be a missionary. That's actually a commendable point that she is making. And I want to recognize that. They all graduated um, from the public school system with an overwhelmingly positive experience and with, um, with a world-class education. And they went on to go to, pub to a large public university as well after that. And um, we look back on it. And I think now the question that I get most frequently is like, but you wouldn't do that now, right? Yeah, like knowing what you know now. And uh, my answer would be that yes, I would, because I know what our school district is and isn't teaching. 
And uh, what I see happening now around this conversation is a great deal of misinformation and fear mongering. Uh, some of the things even in our own district that parents will say are being taught, I know are not being taught. Uh, and what I think is happening is people read an article about something that happened somewhere else, or they hear a story. There's a lot of hearsay that travels around about what is or isn't going on. And because we live in a time where fear is something that is leveraged at every turn, it takes root and they end up making a fear-based decision instead of an educated decision. I think there are legitimate things to be concerned about with a public school education, but whether your district is actually the one that is implementing those things or not is something that you should get firsthand information on, not have heard about from someone else. And I would also just urge uh, not to contribute to fear mongering and hearsay if you're a parent who's trying to make those decisions. I recently. So look, the idea that your small town is safe from grooming teachers is a myth. Uh, in Maryland, it's going to become near impossible to not groom children in public schools because of state law. State law wants to impose a very liberal sex education on students. So I don't know how you could justify that in Maryland. And I live in a school district, you know, the county uh, school board actually wants to fight the state as much as they can. But I'm not sending my kids to public schools, even if the school board is fighting. Because what happens if they lose their election? What happens if the school board changes hands? You got to think these issues through. You got to think longer term. You got to recognize that what's in curriculum isn't always taught in the classroom. That some of these teachers go outside of the curriculum. Or they could just have material in the classroom like a gay flag. Or a Black Lives Matter flag. Uh, put some information on this perspective up in my stories on Instagram. And I don't spend enough time on Instagram for the algorithm to feed me a lot of attention. And so when I say that I got hundreds of DMs in response to what I put up in support of public schools, that is not normal for me. And almost all of them were from Christian teachers in the public schools who said, I have been vilified and maligned by my Christian community because I teach in the public schools. And that's not right. I mean, so I think one of the things I would love to have entered into this conversation is that while I cannot tell you to put your children in public school, and certainly never would because there are so many factors that are at play, that it is important for us to understand that um, our decision regarding this and even our demeanor toward this has an impact on our community. It doesn't just impact our family. Uh, the most common phrase I hear thrown out in these conversations is, well, I just need to do what's best for my family. And I think that's something that as Christians we have to push back on. Um, Philippians tells us each of you should look not just to your own interests Yikes. but to the interests of others. And there's no such thing as a decision that's made just for our families. In fact, even having the gift of the decision at all means that you're a person with more choices than some people. And those who don't have a choice of where they will educate their children will be impacted by your presence, your adult parent presence not being in the public schools because you've chosen to go somewhere else. Uh, we can look back in not too recent history on this and see the impact of when a large number of Christian parents decide to opt out of the system and how it impacts those who are left behind. And so I do think it's very important for us to understand that while, yes, we do what is best for our families, we don't do so in a vacuum. We understand that what we do for our family always impacts the community around us and that we should look to the welfare of the city in which we live and that there are a lot of ways to do that. Even if I, I realize that my kids cannot go into my public schools 
And I, I do know what that looks like. You know, I have a brother who lives in a very rural setting. Um, I do know what that looks like. But even if I realize that my own children will not be going to those education spaces, how can I, as a person who cares for the widow and the orphan, who cares for the fatherless, how can I be a person who still maintains a giving presence in that space? How do I support the teachers? How do I support? Okay, so what she's saying is that you sending your kids to uh, not public school, you using alternative means of education for your children is not just a family decision. Uh, it is absolutely just a family decision. It is not something that we have to decide as to whether it impacts our neighbor or not. No, your job as a parent is to raise your kids. You're accountable to God for how you raise your kids. You're not accountable to your neighbor for how you raise their kids. And you not sending your children to public school, which would negatively impact the funding that that school gets, is no uh, sin against you. That's not a sin against you. You're doing what's best for your kids. That's your job. You're not supposed to do uh, to your kids what's best for other people's kids. You're supposed to do for your kids what's best for your kids. Because you're the parent. That is an asinine argument. And that's the money clip. That was the money clip that went viral. And we've listened to her say uh, some very concerning things, some very outdated things, some good things, but that's a horrendous take. the administrators? How can I volunteer in ways that are going to bring life into a system that does serve the last and the least, uh, even if I can't convictionally say I can put my own kids there? And then just in closing, I would urge charity. And I know that these are good faith discussions, not bad faith ones. So I'm going to just think that this is a good place to be able to just acknowledge that there is a way to follow our convictions for our family. Okay, I got to pause because these aren't good faith discussions like this is clickbait by the gospel coalition because in a good faith discussion you theoretically have people representing both sides and i'm not commenting on this particular debate but one of the big trademarks of the good faith debate series of the gospel coalition is they they have the purpose of these debates is to move the needle to the left they don't really have a conservative presence on these debates just an observation please and still uh, not have to malign the decisions of others in doing so um, particularly when it comes to public school i think we're of the of the public private or homeschool options i think we're the punching bag right now um, there's no reason that we wouldn't support teachers who love the lord who have stayed convictionally in those spaces there's no reason and yet that's you know they hear things like the hellscape that is the public schools. That's one of the epithets that I've heard thrown out there. And it's like, well, is that true? Are we saying what's true, honest, just, pure, and lovely when we say that? Um, and so my, my, my encouragement would be that um, everyone feels strongly about where they land on this, everyone. It's a big decision and you should. You should feel deep conviction about where you land. Um, but to recognize that um, there is such thing as a convictional position on public schools for, for well-intentioned Christian parents and um, and that children can come through the system and not just survive it, but that they can go on to thrive. Now, Jen, thank you for that perspective. I appreciate it. So I don't think there is a case for a convictional uh, argument 
in affirmation of sending children to public schools in this day and age. There's a, in some cases, a justifiable argument, you know, based off necessity, a needs-based argument, what is feasible-based argument, but there's not a conviction-based argument. That's nonsensical. So, uh, overall, uh, was this as horrendous, the entirety, as horrendous as that clip? More context, you know, usually when it comes to woke preachers, more context makes it, you know, it worse. It gets worse with more context. In this case, it didn't really get worse with more context. What she said was the worst of it. And that was kind of the climax of her argument that uh, sending your kids to public schools is what's best for the community at large is basically what she's arguing there. But that's not a biblical argument. It's not the standard of parenting. She doesn't recognize the authorities here. The authority in question here is your parental decision. Should Christians send their kids to public schools? You are arguing the strategy for Christian parenting, not Christian community activism. And I don't think she made a good case. I don't think she made a realistic case. I don't think she made a case that survives in 2023. So, that's really all i got to say about that. My name is Ray. This is the Evangelical Dark Web. If you like this kind of content, subscribe to the channel as well. Have a blessed day, and I will catch you on the next one.